I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. If you don't know me by now, my name is James Milley. I am the managing partner and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the U.S., and one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. I am also one of our two hosts here on the Artist Business Plan, which now reaches over 5,000 monthly listeners in 100 countries around the globe and growing every single week. Today, we've got Alexander Zastera with us on the mic. Alexander is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to combine art and advocacy and help the planet when doing so. I don't know about you, but I am so excited to hear what they have to say. But first, I have an amazing offer here just for you ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we're back here with Alexander and we're ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Alexander Zastera is known for their dark mystical paintings, found object installation, and public performance centered around the environment. Zastera graduated with a BFA in studio art and a BA in art history from Florida State University. Based in Miami Beach, Florida, working as an artist, activist, and educator, they use their studio work and interest in public education, to address local ecological issues. They have been a resident artist in the Miami-Dade library system with Project Art USA, and their work has been featured at Deep Space Gallery, and Gallery, Locust Projects, Pam, Mocha Nomi, and Superfine Art Fair in New York. Currently, Zastera gallivants in a masked guise of the superhero Climate Crusader, which is a South Florida-based environmental superhero building climate resilience and awareness through videos, public performance, and inspiring community action to save the planet. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Alexander. Hi, hello. Thank you so much for having me, James. Absolutely. Thanks so much for being here. Now, before we dive into it, Alex, I want to ask you something to help our listeners get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? I would say I have like two very distinct moments that pop out of my head. The first one as like a visual artist, I remember for Christmas, I was probably five years old and they gave me the 64 pack crayons with the sharpener on the back. And I just remember this like sheer elation of getting this and just like, and there's actually a picture of me holding this crayon box up with just like my eyes as wide as possible. 
So I would say that in terms of like visual arts. And then I also am a classically trained flautist. So I remember the first time I heard a flute being played and when I was in kindergarten as well in the music classroom. And I immediately like, I was like, I, I want to do that. So I think those are the two very distinct memories for me that I go back to when I think about where my first kind of like art gravitation towards was. I love that. And funnily enough, you are not the first guest to have the 64 pack of crayons as their first memory and inspiring them for art. So Crayola, if you are listening out there, you are forming artists decades later. So congrats to you, Alexander. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's such a great story. And definitely being a flautist as well. We are all about music on the artist business plan as well. So I love that little memory as well. So thank you. All right, let's go ahead and uh, jump into the rest of the questions that we have for you. So Alexander, what would you say is the most important thing for a young artist to learn about how to make an impact with their work? Be open and participating and absorb as much as you can. I think that as young artists, that should be your job and not just as art as a medium. I mean, I mean, just life in general really go out and participate and be in your community and uh, either whether that's uh, volunteering or just kind of getting the lay of the land. I'm somebody who is very research driven and follows ideas within my work. And so not to put anything too heavy, but just, yeah, experiment, go out, see what there is so that you know what you want to gravitate towards, lean into, help support the more you can get out there and the more you know, the better. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you're not going to (laughs) know unless you go out there exactly what it is that you can be involved with. Again, whether that's, you know, surrounding your art career and what you're communicating with your art, or if it's just your life in general and how you can, you can be involved in the the community at large. So I think that that's, that's step one. And not to have so much pressure on, like, especially young artists, I feel like are, are so pressured to feel like they need to establish like a style. And it's like, okay, that, that will come, that will come and you'll, you'll develop that as you go. But don't let trying to dig so hard into that define you or put parameters that don't need to necessarily be there yet. Yeah, and we talked a lot about building your brand and really understanding the style and brand of your own art. And it really is tied to you as a person, as the artist. So if it hasn't come to you in your own life yet, don't try and force it. Like let that happen the way that you learn things in your own life, because then it's going to be more authentic and it's going to stick with other people more. So I I definitely agree with that. And the next question I have, Alex, so living and working in Miami Beach, which we mentioned before, we also have a, a um, super fine fair down there. That's where we started. What are some of the resources and programs for artists in the Miami Beach community specifically that you would like to recommend that they can take advantage of? Not just art, but like the, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, but the whole community, like Miami Beach is so walkable and accessible and has like a way of being and living. And I think that that's important in terms of like, also why we choose to be artists. It's because like, we want to experience a certain kind of life in terms of having to create or having a certain lifestyle around that. So that is very nice. But I would say in terms of like, you're talking about art, there's the Bass Museum, which is on 21st and Collins there. 
There's Oolite Arts, which is an arts organizations and studios that is on Lincoln Road. The city of Miami Beach actually just started a program called Open Studios. And because of COVID and there was a whole bunch of shop closures, they decided to do an open call for artists in the community and nonprofits. And then have them host in those spaces, those those nonprofits and giving them some money to redecorate or set up or whatever for a couple months. So those are some things that I think about. Uh, oh, and going back to Ule, uh, they do a grants every year called the Ellie's, which are a large artist grant that they, I think it's like half a million dollars each year that they hand out to different artist projects throughout the community. So those are some things specifically on Miami Beach. And then there's a lot of arts funding in the city, the greater city of, of Miami in general, like the Locust Projects, which was started as a artist-run gallery. And they also have a grant called Wavemaker that are some artist grants for projects. There's uh, Miami-Dade Cultural Fairs, which is the actual city that does some projects that you can, um, or even do some grants to pay for residencies if you decide to apply for them outside the city. Miami is a really good place in terms of arts funding and support within the community. So if you are out and about and you make yourself known, it's a lot easier in terms of other cities to get yourself recognized if you are putting in the effort to interact with the community. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like you're really tapped into all the different organizations that are in, in Miami and Miami Beach. That's awesome. And the Bass Museum that you mentioned before, I've been there. I love it. I also highly recommend that uh, to any artists out there. Miami and Miami Beach, they've really gotten recognition on a larger scale because of art. It goes without saying that they're they're really wanting to push that and, and continue in encouraging creativity and the artists who live in Miami. So that's great that it's you know, if you're an artist listening and you're down in the South Florida area, there's a lot of opportunities in in Miami and Miami Beach. Yes. And I do want to add just really quickly in terms of like, so there's a lot of opportunity, but also like just being knowledgeable about where the money for how you're getting funding is coming from. If I am doing work about talking about like homelessness or development, should I take money from a developer? You know, so I would say when you're thinking about Miami, especially the structures, really look at who is funding what and see if that aligns with your values as an artist and what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's that's a really good word of advice as well, because there there is a, a variety of different benefactors that are uh, helping artists. And sometimes it's for something that might not line up with your art. So like you mentioned, uh, I, I'd like to talk about your your own art a little bit. Do you have a specific audience in mind for your own unique mix of art and activism? And what are some of the ways that you diversify your audience to reach a large number of people, but also people that will be receptive to your own message? Mm, the world is my audience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, I would say in terms of like my making style, it's more about the execution of the idea, not necessarily following and looking for a particular who I'm trying to address and then bring in, though I am thinking about that, especially with some of my more public engagement projects, um, like around like, what is the age range? Like, how how are we reaching different cultural backgrounds and languages and stuff? I would say some of the things I'm thinking about in terms of like, how I'm reaching people in my artwork. So I'm very multidisciplinary. I have 
uh, my paintings, which are kind of mystical, weather, historical related events, slash talking about like energy circuits and meditative ritual practice. And then I have some, I, I made like a sculptural denim hurricane that was like kind of a warning for hurricanes. And I will say like, Spoiler alert, it did move and, and we will talk about it. I'm getting a master's in environmental studies. This is going to be a very bad hurricane season. So you should prepare, please. I do public engagement with Climate Crusaders. So I have this public performance character of this superhero and I'm going around and I'm reaching children. So in terms of like who I'm engaging with my artwork, I'm thinking about, I teach too. So I'm engaging all the way from preschool level, all the way up to elders, uh, seniors, um, in the artwork that I'm addressing. So I have kind of, I'm thinking about, I have my more darker, complex paintings, which I would say an older audience enjoys. And then I have my more like jovial and fun performance character. And that is more of a, for youth. And then I'm also thinking about how like the visual media is something that translates across culturally usually, but in terms of something I'm thinking of now, as I develop some of my more projects that are more information and public education based specifically in Miami, how am I reaching Spanish population? So is the stuff that I'm doing translated? Are the people that are on my team that I'm working with, are they visually representing Miami? And how am I helping to not only tell my story, but how am I helping to show their story too? So I think those are things that are important. And then I also think about cross-disciplinary, not just in the actual artwork, but like, for instance, my superhero character that I've been working on, I'm starting to build a team behind it. So I have someone who's in law, someone who's in finance, someone who's in tech, somebody who's at the Mikasugi Reservation, uh, somebody who is in film, somebody who is in the city, somebody who is in grant structures, somebody who's in uh, a scientist, like a whole board of scientists. So, and then arts um, people, actors. So I'm thinking about how can my life be this intersection for these people to know each other and to talk about the issue of the environment so that they're also then acting as agents within their own field to help spread and disseminate the information and get it out. So I guess I'm definitely thinking of like web building and I'm thinking about myself as a connector within the community when I'm thinking about how do I reach out into the different spaces. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you made a really good point about you're wanting to communicate your message to not just one group of people. And people are going to respond to different media, different ways of positioning the same message differently. So like very simply, like with someone who's a, in preschool versus someone who's an elder or just uh, like an, an adult, you know, they're going to respond to a message differently, but you're creating these different personas, different ways that you're either performing or creating visual art that are going to resonate with different groups. That's a really good point for artists listening. You know, if you have a message that you want to be sharing and you want that message to transcend a specific audience, then you might want to kind of create like different versions of that same message in different media, in different forms. So that's, that's very cool. Alexander, thank you. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for wrapping that up so nicely in terms of like what I was thinking. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, everyone, we're going to come right back. And Alexander is going to tell you more about what you want to know about using their art to make a positive environmental impact and much more. But first, a message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. So this environmental super persona, Alexander, which is Climate Crusader, how do you use the performance of it to educate people about climate change? So a couple of years ago, I had this character come to me, Climate Crusader, and he's in a blue and yellow flashy outfit with a cape and his logo is a uh, is a, a world inside of an eye. And I was thinking about, I, A, I was learning in terms of like, okay, it's not just dressing up. It's actually going out and doing the work within the community. So I had taken CLEAR, which is Community Leadership on Environment Advocacy and Resilience. And I already had been doing work about the environment, but I took that course through Catalyst Miami, a wonderful nonprofit organization. And I was really learning about the interconnected issues with climate change and specifically because I've been in public education and in the museum world and I was getting really concerned and being in Miami, which is going to be basically the forefront of climate change. It's one of the number one places that's going to be affected first because of the geology. It's on porous limestone. So we're on a giant sponge. And then we're looking at at least the city right now is planning for two feet of sea level rise by 2060. But what's looking like with the Gulf Stream and stuff, it looks like it's actually going to be higher. So we're looking at all these effects that we're actually living them right now. And there's this huge disjunct between public knowledge and what was actually happening and how to drive behavioral changes. So I was thinking about the superhero and I went through this whole like, woe is me, doom and gloom, like what's happening with the world and stuff. And that's what I do sometimes put in my paintings as kind of like a extrinsic motivator. But in terms of like getting people to care about the earth, I was like, okay, we can do this and we can like be sad about it and kind of like go into this next sphere of humanity. But that's not really helping the cause or that's not making things move. So I was thinking about like, how can we make the changes that we need to make it as a society and have it in a fun and jovial way. So I created this character, Climate Crusader, and they are this quirky Miami superhero that bops around and gets their superpowers from a mix of algal blooms with some radionuclides that have um, escaped from the uh, Turkey Point power plant down south. 
And I am using real science from uh, things that have happened in Miami in terms of the energy sector to tell the story of Climate Crusader. So it's not this just like hyper fantastical person. It's this, okay, I'm sitting here. I'm now the co-chair of the Miami Climate Alliance in terms of communication. I'm getting a master's in environmental studies. I'm learning and mapping the entire energy and educational and arts and science sectors of Miami. And then I'm basically building out a children's educational television slash web series that will be able to be utilized by teachers and be watched to educate people what's happening in Miami, because we're going to be one of the first cities that can tell its story of how climate change is affecting things. And what were the things that we did as a community to combat them to kind of like not warn the world, but give them, offer them solutions and show that we can do stuff for communities and that this is probably going to be affecting them too down the line. So Climate Crusader came from a real need of something like this in terms of the community. Like there's already been some sort of environmental education, but it's the geosciences is extremely lacking. There's only 3% of teachers that have taken courses to make them feel like they can adequately teach it. So it's something that's really lacking. And the hope wasn't necessarily there. And then the storytelling. So the, the larger thing, it's like, yes, I can sit here and I can give you facts, but like, let's tell a story. Let's make this interesting. Let's actually absorb it and then all become climate crusaders to help save Miami and the earth. I love that you're taking something that is like, I mean, it is doom and gloom. I mean, it's it's a horrible thing, but you're creating a positive, fun approach to a serious problem that people are going to be able to actually have solutions to to help. And like you said, using Miami as sort of like like the the archetype or the um the example for other communities, other parts of the world that are going to be facing this as well. It's the right approach because if it's entirely negative the way that you're trying to talk to people about it, people are going to want to like look away and focus on something else because it's like it's negative and you're like how much negativity about the world falling apart can I take in one day or one week or whatever but if you make it positive and actually like hey there's something I can do you can actually make it fun and and it can be a way that people can feel good about themselves and about their day and want to think about helping the planet more instead of just being stressed every time they think about it so I, I think that you have the right approach Alex. Yeah, there's too much stress anyways, like we need to take a little bit off the plate. And if we can do the things now, it's like, you know, if you like consistently eat healthier, then you'll have like better outcomes in the long run, right? So if we can kind of make and change those behaviors now, like, yes, we're going to be dealing with some stuff, but they're not, it's not going to be quite as bad that if we just kind of like go into like blinder, woe was me mode. Tied into this, Alexander, what, what do you want people to know about using art as a form of activism? And what are the benefits that you've already seen from yourself, from the activism that you've done, and maybe from, from other artists around you? What are some examples that you've, you've seen of it? Art is the thing that people want to be around, want to experience, want to absorb. I think that it's so important for any sort of organization, no matter what it is to have an artist or, or even a, um, somebody who's thinking in an artistic way to help them to problem solve or bring out ideas. I would say my friend Lauren Shapiro, she had this wonderful show at the Bakehouse Art Complex here in Miami, where she had engaged, well, uh, there was a scientist 
um, that she engaged with who was working on coral restoration. She did all of these molds of these dying corals and then had the entire community casting all these corals and did all these workshops and then had these giant, almost look like ancient Atlantean arches covered in this unfired clay of the coral sculptures in this like gallery space and then was talking and then scanned it and turned it into VR. So, but it really got people talking about some of these issues and there's a lot of ecological artists. And I guess what I've noticed also being in the scientific realms is they, <laughs> they need us. They need us so bad. They need us so bad. So I guess like in terms of like when we're talking about just activism in general, one of the things I do want to say is like, sometimes those realms that you're going to be interacting with, whether it's city policy, or science, or or housing issues, or whatever it is, uh, social justice, they don't know that they need you. But if you can show them like, hi, this is what I'm kind of doing, let's work together. There has been so many projects that have culminated not because I would say I get more projects, not because I'm like, oh, I'm sitting here and writing a grant trying to get this one thing. It's a, oh, I took this class with this organization and they were really interested in me as an artist. And then I got a call from them being like, hey, you want to work together and like put together like a show or something like that's outside of the art art world. But unless you introduce yourself, they're not going to know about how they can utilize artists. So I would say that's been something that's been really great in terms of my own like personal stuff in Climate Crusader even like plain clothes on the street, I have gotten some people coming up and they're like, Hey, climate crusader. And I'm like, you know, like, so it's kind of fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and I did do this thing where I had, I was teaching this one class and I had to teach as both climate crusader and I had to teach as just a teacher. So, but of course it was still COVID. So there's masks and stuff. And so the kids knew me as climate crusader. And then I had a fake name that I gave them for the one. I was like, I'm Lars Boyman. So then I had some of those students again as a teacher with a later with a different organization. And they're like, Lars. And I'm like, actually, (laughs) Mr. Alexander. So it's kind of fun to play in the public realm and start to build the inklings of what is a superhero story and how do you put that into the public imagination? And I'm already starting to, the project I've been working on has been like years and years and years in the making. And what I've presented to the public is only the tip of the iceberg of what I've actually been working on. So it's interesting and also rewarding for me to already start to get, oh, I'm I'm kind of, I'm infiltrating the city's psyche as this masked hero sort of thing. Yeah, no, that's, that's so fun. Also, I mean, it's, it's a good strategic way to be getting your message out there and keep people thinking about it is creating this mystery and the, the story behind the climate crusader. I, I love it. But I just want to reemphasize something that you said before, and that's people want to be around art. And so, you know, if you're an artist out there and you're wanting to make a difference, aligning with another group, again, whether it's like a political group or, or scientists like you do, Alex, and introducing yourself as like, hey, I'm the key to what you're missing. You have all of this information, you have solutions, but you're not able to get enough people interested because you need an artist. The two together are how you get the message out there. So I think that's such an important point. And I'm sure that that's that's played a huge role in everything that you've done is realizing that and uh, paving the way to communicating with people by aligning with these other groups. So I I think that's huge. Yeah, Catherine Mike Sillett, the fountainhead, she always says like, she's a big advocate for artists here in the community. And she always says, 
I believe that every business should have an artist on staff. Doesn't necessarily matter if they're like drawing, they could be just as a thinker or something, but the world needs us and we exist for a purpose, but you're not always going to be able to get your niche through grants or something. Just go out and introduce yourself and it will it will pay off. Well, Alexander, this has been such an amazing conversation. Let's go ahead and bring it home for our listeners out there. What is a call to action that you want to share with our listeners so that they can take full advantage of all the amazing work that you do? Before you do anything, any decision that you have to make about your business or about your life or about a trip or whatever, is I just want you to ask yourself, like, climate check. What would Climate Crusader do? And really think through, like, okay, like, how much gas is releasing the CO2? If I'm purchasing this thing, what kind of impact is it going to have? Am I going to be able to put it in the recycling bin? Is this company a good company to be purchasing things from? If I'm going to city and advocating for a policy, am I advocating for something that is just helping myself? Or is I, am I advocating for something that's helping others and helping the environment? So just doing a mental check before you do things and just at least put environment in your circle is huge. That's the thing that we all live and survive off of. So it, it should be at like the most basic component the thing that we we try to address and think about. So that's what I would like you to do is your own personal call to action. In terms of like, for me and the work that I do, there's a couple ways you can support me. I have on my website, www.alexandrasastera.com. I have some paintings available. So you can go check that out. You can follow me on my Instagram at Zastera, which is my last name, Z-A-S-T-E-R-A. You can also follow me at climate.crusader on Instagram. I've been starting a Patreon for Climate Crusader. So that's patreon.com slash climate crusader. And I am working on a comic book right now, which hopefully will be out by the end of the year. So if you do sign up for the level that with some original art, you will be receiving a comic book by the end of the year. If you can help spread the message about the environment being important, then I've done my job from you listening to this podcast. Everyone out there, what would Climate Crusader do? think about that. (laughs) The next time that you're making a decision, I love it. To all of you business artists out there, Alexander has been here with us today sharing their amazing perspective. You're going to want to go back. You're going to listen to this episode again, and you can listen to all of our past podcasts as well on our website at www.superfine.world. Again, to connect with Alexander, you can follow them at Zastera or climate.crusader on Instagram. You can also visit www.alexanderzastera.com and climatecrusader.com. As always, remember that we are at Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. We always appreciate a share whenever you're listening to the Artist Business Plan. And once again, we'd really appreciate it if you could take just a moment of your time to write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings and reviews are so critical in helping other entrepreneurs just like yourselves find us. And as always, I'd like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. And the quote is by Sarah Zayn who is also an artist. And the quote is, great protests are great artworks. Alexander, it has been such a pleasure having you here with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. And for that, we are so grateful. Thank you. You're welcome. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. 
Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at Superfine Art Fair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. Yeah.